You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, White Sox fans, Rick Valentini here. Southside Sox podcast number 38. It is post-game home opener, a much more joyous podcast than we had just, well, as far as you know, hours ago, but okay, maybe last night. Uh, and I'm here once again with the entirety of the Indianapolis field office. That would be Crystal O'Keefe, because bat flipping is cool. And Super Joseph Rhesus, who is joining us from Lance Lynn's hometown of Indianapolis, Indiana. But before we get to the great Lance Lynn and how he is now uh, the hero in all of our hearts, uh, first of all, Crystal, I need to know, uh, did you boo Tony Larusa from your couch? I did. I Well, not from my couch. I was in my daughter's Girl Scout meeting, but I was a bad mother and I was watching it on my phone. <laughs> so yes, I did. I booed him from the Girl Scout leader's backyard. So, I mean, you weren't neglecting like a key uh, task, like they weren't like learning to build, you know, uh, uh, campfires or something. You were, you know, you took a good pause and said, all right, let's check out the introductions. Is that how that went for you? I, yeah, I purposely okay. arrived early so that I could watch it um, before my daughter did her report on Ruth Bader Ginsburg for Women's History Month. So I, I watched that, but I definitely watched the opening and booed him. Yeah, as important as the home opener introductions after a rain delay are, probably neglecting the daughter's report uh, for Women's History Month would, would that would probably be a party foul. So you, I think you did the right thing there, but still got your booing in your heart uh, out there. Uh, did we think this game was even going to get played? It looked really nasty there for a while. 
it was nasty here too. So I really didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah. It looked, it looked horrible. Yeah, so now, there's been a bit of a history of postponing home openers and it was kind of looking like we were heading in that direction. I had kind of low hopes until it was, uh, until we got the official, okay, here's where, when we're going to plan on starting this game time announced. Uh, until then, I was kind of pessimistic about it. Yeah, the home opener, home opener I really remember was uh, 2006, which had like a massive, ridiculous rains. Long, long delay. It ended up becoming a night game, essentially, because they, they, they had such a long delay. Allowed me and my sister to sneak much closer to the dugout for good seats to see Jim Tomey hit a home run and send the Wahoo, Wahoos home crying that day. But uh, all right, let's talk not about 2006. Let's talk about today's game. Uh, Lance Lynn, um, though I did think your mean Mercedes would be the story of the game, I have to say Lance Lynn, just by continuing to back up the Tonka truck and go out there inning after inning, not only breaks the tape for the first six inning uh, start for the White Sox this year. Okay, seven, eight, nine. Why not just keep going back out there? Uh, impressions on what Lance Lid, uh, Lynn did today for the White Sox? It was really nice to see. Uh, yeah, take, just take the ball out of the manager's hands. That's I'm sure <laughs> something that a lot of White Sox fans enjoyed seeing. There wasn't really any doubt as far as how that game should have been managed as far as the bullpen was concerned. Seeing him really start out that game on a, like at a very efficient level. He was at only 63 pitches through six innings. Yeah. Uh, that was that right there. It just kind of left me with the impression of, okay, he's going to make a really deep run into this game and save the bullpen and give, and perhaps even give them all a day off and, um, yeah, it got a little bit less efficient in the latter innings yeah. as it typically does, but it was still enough to throw the complete game. Just barely missed out on the Maddox, but he was pretty close mm -hmm. to it. And yes, a five hit shutout doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, no complaints. It was a wonderful performance. I really, I like him. I liked Dane Dunning, but I can't be mad when... Lance Lynn performs like that. Yeah, we had a lot of like, but, but, but he's going to be this guy. And of course, until today, we didn't really see that. Of course, we could go uh, more easily based on his track record of, of years of pitching, particularly in Texas, um, more so than, say, a spring training in a first start. But hey, it was still worrisome. And listen, I'll admit, I'll eat some crow. I was worried about him um, in the uh, pregame podcast we did. You know, I was a little concerned with the efficiency and it's pretty remarkable turnaround given the conditions much worse he's pitching in and yet he's way more efficient. He's not bringing in a big pitch mix. Uh, I think Benetti mentioned on the broadcast, he basically threw all fastballs the entire game, varying speeds, of course. So he's given different looks to batters, but the idea that he's throwing essentially one pitch and somehow, you know, I, I guess the, the tune-up was necessary. He really needed, including the spring, maybe those five, six starts just to get into a groove where if this is the guy we got, yeah, I mean, listen, I love Dane Dunning too, but uh, no question you make that deal because uh, this efficiency, especially with essentially one pitch, was remarkable. Yeah, can't be too mad when he performs like that. Uh, what do we think uh, he said to Tony Larissa in the dugout? Because I did not think he was, I didn't think he was going to come out for the ninth. Although when you look at it, his uh, pitch count, I think it was 97 or so. So it's certainly unrealistic that he would go back out. Just like, hey man, you did enough. But, uh, you know, given now the bullpen has like two days off 
uh, after such a breakneck start to the season. And the fact that I think there's 12, 13 straight games coming from here. Uh, that's, that's so huge, but I wonder if there was any debate whatsoever with, with Tony, you think that there was any back and forth or Tony's just like, Hey, I broke your streak last, last start. So do what you want. I think it was just give me the damn ball and let's go. <laughs> yeah. As Joe said, take the ball out of the manager's hands, which, and maybe listen, Tony, after admitting that he sort of had a bad go of it, uh, just yesterday, uh, I'm not sure he would really object. He'd sort of like, Hey, you know. Why is he going to get in the way of a complete game, especially the way the way that the Tonka truck was was backing it up? Um, so, Joe, you don't think there was much uh, too much debate either? I'm guessing probably not. Yeah, I'm guessing Lynn was probably pretty in, uh, vocal about uh, wanting to finish that game. And yes, I, I personally would not have wanted to in, uh, disagree with him on that one. Yeah, Tony pushed back, and Lynn went. <laughs> and and so I say, okay, all right, okay, you're serious. Uh, all right, so other big story, and certainly the one I, I thought was going to be the story of the game was your mean Mercedes, who gets his first game ever in front of his home fans, and on the fourth pitch uh, in front of his home, limited crowd home fans, clocks a ball uh, that went farther than all but two uh, homers hit in White Sox history at New Comiskey. Uh, almost to the concourse, uh, the guy, I mean, we can keep saying things like, oh, you know, he's a movie and Steve Stone kept joking about how he's, you know, the, the Jersey's going to hall of fame, but man, this is some crazy Hollywood stuff that's going on here. It's crazy. <laughs> I love it. It's going to be rookie of the year, MVP, batting <laughs> title, like anything that they can give him at the end of the season, just like here. You've earned this. Yeah, we'd all, we would all be certainly happy with that. I love that you just keep pressing that, uh, Crystal. And, yeah, listen, so far, what, you know, how many games this is, you know, he didn't play in the first game. Uh, he's, he sat a couple out. But, I mean, he's, <laughs> you can't argue, with, you know, with what he's done, even though on the day, boy, geez, he, he only had a massive home run. Uh, he didn't have a four-hit day. Uh yeah, he still managed to be sort of the story of of the offense, which is uh, which is a sign of a guy that you really can't sit. Uh, you know, sorry, Andrew Vaughn. We're going to get to Andrew maybe in the second half, but uh, you know, sorry. I mean, there's there's a there's a new DH in town. Very much, uh, yeah. Aloy Jimenez's first home run in a White Sox uniform went very far as well. That one was, I think, a four hundred and seventy five footer, and your mean somehow even topped that. In, in as far as um like his home run today went 485 feet which is just remarkable and yeah like everyone knew it was gone immediately yeah it was just a majestic blast and I, I can't believe how he just keeps getting hit after hit after hit like they just keep coming for him and yeah like you said it's tough to not give him playing time and the and the force the one you just referred to was the one that was sort of like going up toward the the party deck there that was at home. You're not even referring to the Yankee Stadium homers he had, right? Correct. Yeah, the one at guaranteed rates. Yeah, because the, the alloy the alloy two, uh, which I think might have been his first two uh, yes. uh, major league homers in the rain as well. Some crazy stuff going on out here. Pretty soon the. You know, whether people, I always say this, like, I need to apologize for the movie because it's fabulous. I'm sorry, even if it has Kim Basinger in it playing a weird character. But 
I mean, we got some natural stuff happening here. We're going to get the lights exploding, you know, soon or a scoreboard shattered or whatever. I'll get off the, I'll get off the natural. You guys are, you guys are of the major league generation anyway. Okay. Uh, all right. Danny Mendick also pretty kick-ass game. The guy comes in uh, basically, you know, uh, uh, fresh out of Schaumburg uh, yesterday has, I think a couple hits, uh, three hits today and a walk. Uh, you know, got picked off there at the end of the game. But I mean, for a guy who slid in, he's not sliding in in a, in a weird position. He's not sliding in at DH, even what your means doing. Uh, coming and playing shortstop, pretty much got to be somewhat of a defensive captain on the field uh, and really not missing a beat for a guy who we had higher hopes for in 2020 and really didn't, did it, it didn't do it and ended up, I believe back, I guess that was Collins, but I mean, you know, he, he was not a given for the, the roster this year. And in fact, he did get cut, even if he was the first call up, uh, but pretty impressive for him to pretty much hit the ground running with, with a team that really does need what he's provided. Same. Yeah. He did everything today pretty much that you could want. I mean, yeah, I reached base every time he stepped up to bats and, yeah, we this theme seems to be players who are kind of hard to sit right now with how they've been playing, even though they weren't projected to have any kind of serious playing time during the season. Um, yeah, with Mendick's performance, I mean, he's been an on-base machine so far, and uh, yeah, certainly a very nice spark for the offense in TA's absence. I saw uh, Laori was very and understandably very bundled up in like a hoodie. I think maybe it was before the game, or maybe it was after a home or something. I was like, boy, Laori, you you might not be getting out of that hoodie for a while because you know, as much as Tony has made it clear, he sort of wants to mix guys in, which you know makes sense, especially if you don't see a big drop off between the guys you're starting and the guys moving down the bench. Uh, obviously, he's got off to a pretty slow start, even though he's, I think, traditionally sort of a strong spring player, at least spring training player. And, uh, you know, yeah, you're not, you're not going to bench Mendick right now. Uh, you're definitely not going to bench your mean. I mean, at this point, uh, you even got to struggle to see maybe where Andrew Vaughn gets his playing time. So perhaps let's step away for just a second, because while it doesn't seem like a very uh, thick second half of the show, let's take a quick break and talk a little bit about the great Andrew Vaughn controversy that broke out uh, pregame before the home opener. Well, White Sox fans, we are back. Southside Top Podcast number 38. Brett Ballantini here with the Indianapolis field office of Crystal O'Keefe. And Joe Rhesus. Uh, Crystal uh, very famously refused to cook churros for the home opener because she already went through all the labor and the deliciousness for the road official opener. Uh, and of course, yesterday we learned that our colleague Trevor Lines has somehow... I assume he's had a donut, but somehow has never tasted a churro in his life. That is, that's a flaw in our educational system if I have ever heard one. So Trevor, get ye to Indianapolis and have a churro, for God's sake. I will say I lied about a tradition because I forgot that I found the freedom of speech beer at my local Meyer recently. So this was as close as I got to the ballpark today. I see. My, my go-to when I'm there. Okay. So, so today like. you put, especially because it's not a late night game, uh, you put the vanilla Coke to the side and said, all right, bring the speech beer. It's just ours. 
Uh, any, any, uh, I think Joe, you passed on the traditions yesterday and anything uh, pick up, did you have the, the proper seat on the couch or, or anything, or are you just winging it? You, there was no weird bathroom thing where you like missed your means home run. So then you had to lock yourself in for the rest of the game. Hopefully that didn't happen. I did not. Um, I kind of winged it. I was kind of watching parks and rec during some of the commercial breaks. So maybe I'll have to continue that. Who knows? Man, it's hard to pull the Indiana out of you guys, man. I got to say. Okay, well, uh, before the game, a rather embarrassing controversy seemed to break out a little bit on uh, whatever, social media or whatnot, when uh, Tony La Russa, again, uh, apparently pregame being very honest and being, being very straight, which seems to be something we as fans want, but then when we get it, sometimes we... Uh, we wet ourselves. Uh, and it seemed like some of that uh, happened today when uh, Tony admitted that he did not consider, I think, in a context that might have been taken wrongly by a lot of people, uh, that Andrew Vaughn was not a, considered by him a core player in the vein of Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, and Lucas Giolito, uh, Yasmani Grandal. Uh, I think that's perfectly reasonable. Uh, but apparently, you know, then we saw jokes about how Nick Williams apparently was part of the core or whatever. So, uh, I, I don't know if you, you caught any of that, guys, but uh, uh, you're on team, team Tony, Team White Sox Twitter, don't care. Well, I kind of think that, like you said, there is a little bit of people um, trying to make it something that La Russa didn't necessarily mean, and they're kind of trying to jump to conclusions a little bit. Because I, I, in my, from my perspective, I kind of think we just need more information as far as that. Like that was kind of a, a little bit more vague than I would have liked it to be for a response. It was kind of like he had a question on the table, and that was kind of what he came up with, and it he didn't really expand on that very much beyond that point, and. Yeah, I, it's just kind of a rough roster fit right now. So it's not like an egregious mismanagement at the current time. Um, One thing that I just find funny a little bit is that, you know, there are kind of two sides to the discussion. One side is saying manipulate the service time to get the extra year. Uh, which I disagree with, but that is a opinion, an opinion that people have. And the other side is, you know, give him playing time because he's a very good option. And this, this year is part of their contention window. And they seem to be doing neither thing right now in that they've called him up. He's started accumulating some service time, but they're not like really giving him like a full time players worth of playing time right now. So it's just kind of weird how they're kind of making it so that neither side wins, so to speak. That's really my only main issue with it. But as far as what LaRusa said, I think I just need more before I really react in an angry way to it. Yeah, I agree completely. But at the same time, the only way he's going to become a core member of this team as if he actually gets the playing time so yeah he just needed some context to that and 
I don't know. I feel like they should have started him today personally, but it is what it is. They won, so the outcome was fine, but yeah. yeah. For a guy who is shown to be, I guess, surprisingly adept in left field, given he's never played there, I think the key words there are he's never played there. They throw him out there in a driving rainstorm to begin the game, I think is a recipe for disaster. It doesn't mean he can't handle it. It doesn't mean that he has to go all out and you know he's not going to dive and hopefully kill himself, but it just makes some of these decisions easier. And I think part of the role of the management manager and management is perhaps to do that, especially given the glare of the lights. This isn't a game in May when maybe he's got a few more games under his belt, or maybe it's not a home opener where everybody's paying attention. Uh, I don't really object to And I think if Tony Russo, you know, Joe, you're talking about context, but we are well aware he's a hall of famer, but he didn't get there by not being able to recognize what a core player is. Of course, the guy's a core player. Now, if he is such a core player, you might ask, uh, why does he not have a position? And who can object? Um, Jose Abreu is your first bit. When they re-signed Jose was last year, last year, well, that sort of took away the immediate position for Andrew Vaughn anytime in the next couple of years. Um, so, I mean, we can take these weird arguments to some very strange extremes. Just the idea that people are tearing their hair out over Andrew Vaughn not playing on a on a thunderstorming day at a home opener, terrible conditions at a position he's played now, what? He started two games, three games in left field? Um, I can just imagine him starting and something going wrong and <laughs> a lot of other feedback <laughs> out there in the world, including perhaps even from the, you know, press row itself. So uh, if that was a conservative move, by Tony, it's hard for me to uh, object to it, even if Nick Williams, core player for the White Sox, didn't set the world on fire in, in this game. He's out there. He didn't kill himself, um, and neither did Andrew Vaughn. So he's starting tomorrow, Tony says, so maybe we can just put all this to bed, and maybe that gets it back in the core. At the end of the day, Tony's going to do what Tony's going to do, because who's going to stop him? He's got a very cushy job right now so he doesn't care what anybody else has to say and you know that i i i, I mean again i i admitted today i the last thing i thought i'd be doing on home opener 2021 day would be defending tony <laughs> larusa in public but let's face it that might not be the worst thing to not have i mean the white Sox are famously uh, famous for not having managers look over their shoulders because there's nothing but job security apparently robin vetter had to scream and claw and beg to be you know fired or dismissed uh, so, I mean, Tony Larusa being a Hall of Famer doesn't exactly change, you know, that even Ricky apparently had many discussions with Rick Hahn and they came to the agreement that he shouldn't be manager. I'm sure how that works. But uh, so, I mean, the idea that he's got security. Okay. Yeah. He's got actually, he's got his rings and all that. Okay. You know, so he's got his security. Maybe that's not the worst thing that he manages, you know, not like he's infallible, but that, you know, nothing is, he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. Um you know, and then, you know, for better or worse, we're going to know what he is. And so far, you know, the, the results are mixed, uh, but he's admitted it. Um, again, no applause for that. No applause for there still need to be a learning curve. And I thought it was interesting on the broadcast that even, I think Steve Stone was saying, you know, uh, the manager takes those first couple of weeks to sort of get to know his personnel. And I think, boy, you know, I get maybe see how the personnel plays in the regular season. Like, hey, if you throw Andrew Vaughn out there or your mean Mercedes is a great example. He's going to set the world on fire. Or is he going to just nibble at his at-bats? Uh, like we maybe saw last year, he would have stuck with the team last year if he maybe didn't ground out. And, you know, who, who knows? If he hit a home run, he made it and I got a, a sent right back down to Schaumburg. So while I buy the idea that you're going to 
trot your guys out there and you got to see how the bullpen fa- Tony Lusa knows whether Matt Foster throws ground balls or, or fly balls. And if he doesn't, Ethan Katz better tell him that's their job. So, I mean, this whole idea that we're still like in this extended spring training, except it's just really rainy and cold now, uh, seems a little funny too. And I, I thought it was an interesting thing for, for Stone to sort of apologize on because like, well, hold, hold on. I mean, it, it seems odd that we're still in practice mode because I asked, last thing I checked, these games count and we're 500. We basically wiped, uh, was it eight, 10, eight games off the schedule because we just, it's a push right now. Tony was just taking a nap. Leave him alone. <laughs> he doesn't know what Matt Foster was up to. This is crazy. And you know, what's funny about the Matt Foster thing, you know, everybody's like, oh man, you know, let him, you know, certainly he should not have been hung out there to get, uh, to get his brains beat in. But the idea that he went to, th- I mean, even at first I thought, oh man, your reliever's going 35. The guy started games last year. I mean, he's not a starter, but he can definitely go two innings. So it's not even so much the amount of pitches, but <sighs> the fact you ended up turning him into like the guy you're going to junk the game on, which is sort of a weird situation. Yeah. There's no, Hey, no apology. Even he, even Tony napping or not, you know, admitted, Hey, listen, I screwed up. Let's hope we do not hear that again, you know, or, or if, if there was an honest screw up, yeah, you hope you, you, you want him to be honest, even though again, people just seem to be itching to take that. I cannot believe I sound like I'm defending Tony LaRusa. I don't know what's wrong with me or what's happened. Uh, I am clearly sleep deprived, but uh, you know, I mean, listen, I, I do hope he continues to be forthwith and uh, you know, in a way that the front office isn't, always or usually um you know if tony can be for better or worse it makes the socks look bad i don't care i would sort of like to know what's going on and if it even makes tony look bad then i got more information you know i don't know guys minneapolis field office talked myself into a circle well listen we won uh we're back to 500 uh, with i think a nice stretch ahead obviously uh six six more home games two against the Royals who came in thinking they were something because they play Texas to start the season. Uh, that was a wrong call. Uh, I'm not going to. Can you hear that? Is this a ghost family? Wow. I guess I'm getting the replay of my, Hey, apologies to uh, NBC sports channel. Wow. Look at this. You know, this is the good thing about the point and shoot podcast is that crazy things happen and we just got the start of the game over again because somehow I just left my window open watching the game and just decided to start over on me I didn't even know that happened because I'm always boogieing somewhere else it was the ghost of Ailey so thank you Jason Benetti for dropping in on our podcast I don't think he's from Indianapolis so if I only edited this thing you know I'd edit him out but I can't uh Jason probably watches Parks and Rec during commercial breaks too Joe so I think you're in good company. Oh, yes. He was on a, yeah, he was on a stream, like, during the beginning of quarantine. Like, he was on, I think, Cespedes Barbecue's Twitch channel commentating a backyard baseball game. Mm-hmm. And the the stadium name was Parks Department Field 2. And then he, like, misspoke and called it Parks and Rec Field 2. So, I don't know, maybe he had Parks and Rec on his mind. Yeah, oh, see. I was just making a goofy guess, but it does seem to be in his wheelhouse. Yes. Um, so before that nasty interruption, thanks, Jason. Uh, you know, uh, a good run here coming. You know, Cleveland coming to town after the Royals. Can't look ahead to that. But, uh, you know, tough pitching, but they're beatable. This could be a very, very good way to get 
uh, extremely healthy uh, here at home before going back on the road and, you know, be what three, four games uh, above 500 uh, going back out on the road and, and maybe getting a little bit of foothold in the, in, in the division, uh, which is all we want. You know, listen, you sort of uh, punt that first series, three, four, four, three, and not too, too big a deal there either way. But, uh, you know, come back home. This is where you need to feast, especially on teams like the Royals. So I guess let's look ahead because we're not going to be, we're not going to keep doing these post-game podcasts. Uh, so uh, we're going to sweep. We're going to take two or three. Is this the only win we're going to get? We're going to sweep. I'm confident. I like you. I really hope so. I am going to be slightly pessimistic and call it a split. They are favored in both of their games coming up. So I think it'll be, they'll split those and go two two for three against Kansas city. Don't know which one I'm predicting them to lose. They'll, there'll just be like one random upset mixed in there, but I'm really hoping for the sweep. It would be very nice. You absolutely got to get two out of three uh, against the Royals at home. Uh, Failed to do that. Then we can set the panic off again. We can have some sort of post-game or pre-game podcast where we all freak out again and wonder about Lance Lynn like this idiot did uh, just, uh, oh gosh, yesterday. Um, But hey, listen, I'm back on the Lynn train and that was an extremely impressive uh, performance. I mean, Stone kept saying that's exactly what the White Sox need. That's exactly what they got him for. And and absolutely, that's the case. You need a hoss like that, especially at a time that Dallas Keuchel looks like a guy who can continue to sort of nibble uh, which is his thing, uh, but he might not have nearly the same success as he did sub two ERA last year in a very small sample size of games. Uh, you hope that luck doesn't run out, but if it does, it certainly would be nice to have a guy who can sort of slip in now as, as in a way, your number two and take a little bit of pressure off of, of Keuchel. So, wow, what a heartening start from uh, Lance Lynn. Uh, the Lynn sanity... Insanity. I don't know what the breaking t t shirt we have on site selling is, but maybe they're going to fly off the shelves now. I don't know. More so than the Parrot Power ones. I think they're still available. Like, like Ten for a dollar. <laughs> I had repressed that memory. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to talk to my therapist about this. <laughs> Let's stay happy. It was a win. Uh, and uh, listen, you know. We'll do this post-game thing again at some point, maybe a big game, maybe when they're about to climb in the first pace. Ah, you know, I don't know what it is, but we'll do it again. But we did sort of want to attend with some special attention to uh, the road opener. Obviously, we go the home opener today. I'm glad it didn't get uh, rained out because then we have to rack all this up again to be more fun podcast time with you guys. But, uh, you know, we could probably use a little bit of a break. And uh, I know I could. Um, but, hey. You delivered a win. This is all on the Indianapolis field field office, especially Lance Lynn. I didn't even know this until Joe just shared it with me from the broadcast right beforehand. Lance Lynn hailing from Indianapolis. (laughs) Sweet. All right, guys. Well, thanks for doing this with me again. You guys are four. Am I not? I'm right. Four for four on these. Think so. Think so. Holy cow. So much more bright eyed and bushy tailed not doing this at three in the morning or whatever we're doing it before. And again, I'm gonna have to do it. I gotta do it on the podcast. I'm calling out our Pacific our Pacific time zone people. Nowhere to be found. What is it? Three in the morning there or something? They haven't woke up yet. Our central time zone people, we've got eight hundred of them. We don't see anybody there. Who needs sleep when you're on the eastern time zone? 
All right. Well, guys, thanks for joining me. Uh, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading us. You'll be reading more Crystal, especially when great things happen from your mean Mercedes, who is going to win the Rookie of the Year MVP and probably World Series MVP this year. Miss Fangirl. And Joe, <laughs> Joe Reese is who is going to be tackling six packs, game coverage, minor leagues when it comes around. Uh, he's a jack of, uh, of all trades. And in, apparently, unbeknownst to me, in between checking screens and checking the game out, he's checking on Parks and Recreation. So providing he doesn't have to lock himself in the bathroom because something good happens while he's away, he's good for a lot of coverage for, for everybody at Southside Sox this year. So thanks, guys, for joining me on the second the second ever Southside Sox post-game podcast. And hey, we'll do it again sometime. I can, I know, I, I know I have two people I can count on when we do it again. All right. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you. Thanks guys. Thanks everybody for listening.